Okay. I think we're good to go. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, anyone who's listening to the podcast, my friends and my family, and maybe others, maybe strangers. Weird feeling. Um, (laughs) (laughs) probably, uh, my friends and my family. So thank you for being here. Um, I gotta get comfortable. For anyone who hasn't been here, hi, I'm Jenna. I'm a therapist and I hang out here like weekly or so. That's the plan. Um, just talking about mental health and life and things related because that's like all I ever want to talk about. Um, yeah, I think that's the gist of it. And I have my friend here, River. Hello. Hi, River. Hi. Um, <laughs> we are going to talk about narcissistic behavior in men. Yeah. Uh, I Take it away. The more I've been thinking about it, I'm pretty sure that you asked what topic I'd want to do if we recorded a little episode together. And my immediate response was that we should talk about narcissistic <laughs> behavior in men. And it was funny timing because I had just gone off about an entire recent stinky experience um, with a man involving narcissism. So it was, it was serendipitous. It was, it was a very, you know, oh, ha. <laughs> I guess I'll talk about this. I have limited experience. Um, I do. That's like a limited experience. It's like this thing of like, I don't know, just like blanket statement. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about this. Like, this is not meant to be like, even though I'm a therapist, this is like colloquial term narcissistic behavior, right? Like, yeah. And you don't have limited experience with that, Riv. Like, <laughs> I know I've known you for a hot minute, and I think all of those hot minutes have been <laughs> pretty laden with narcissistic <laughs> men. Yeah, there's been, like, you know, a little, some narcissistic flavor in there. Some, just splish splash. I'm taking a bath. Um, (laughs) I actually can remember the very first time that I encountered that word. uh, And I remember it mostly because I, (laughs) I used to, okay, roll it back. Sure. I'm the kind of guy who every four or five years will pick up a journal Oh my god. Start a little entry and say, Hey, it's been a while. And (laughs) and the flavor of that changes depending on if I'm like eight or twelve or sixteen. Like it gets steadily more pretentious as the years go on. And then the last one I did, I was maybe like twenty-two or something. Uh and it sounded probably the least pretentious, but it was still kinda hey. Don't know if you'll ever hear from me again, which, like, I know that they, they being the journalists, will hear from me again, inevitably. It's a constant cycle. But uh, in one of my 14 to 16-year-old journal entries, uh, I remember, and I've read it, like, multiple times, because I, I, overall I maybe have half a dozen, and they're all very funny. They're worth the read. It's so fun to look back through them. But this one in particular was definitely uh, a tricksy little period in my life, and I remember uh, I was listening to a fight that my parents were having downstairs, and I could hear um, 
man, and I wish I had that journal right in front of me because the specific way that I, I, uh, I had it like written out like a movie script, <laughs> like I, what's the word, uh, when you, when you like a play by play, yeah, but like a when you. There's like a there's like, like where you say like dialogue where you say like yeah mom but, blank yeah yeah dad blank like ha 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 yeah. mom exits room <laughs> I think there there were like a couple stage directions in there or stage stage observations I, I still journal them. like that because like I have so much to say that I'm like okay get this but I don't want to be like and then I said and then he said and then she said like that just feels also silly so I'm like okay yeah. get let's get down to business riv blank jenna exit stage laughing yes. you're not writing a novel it's just for you so ultimately <laughs> and the journal ease of the, access is important yeah you and the journal the they the omniscient ever-present journal oh little mac there's just so many cats in this room so whole <laughs> my heart is w-h-o-l-e-n-a <laughs> uh but i i wrote down this little script of them having an argument where my mom called my dad a narcissist, and then he asked her if she even knew what that word meant, and then said maybe she was a narcissist. Oh, hell yeah. And I thought that that was stupid. And at that point, uh, I think I probably heard the word before. Um, mm-hmm. I was a well-read guy back then, and now, How obviously. How old were you like, when this happened? Do you remember? I think I was 14 or 15. Okay. 16 at the oldest, but like... Probably, no, 15 or 16, not 14, I think. Because <laughs> it, it was a freshman or sophomore year journal, pretty sure. I keep saying things definitively and then immediately following it up with like a maybe. Just in case the journal calls you out later. Yeah, just, I don't want to, I don't want to have to like be fact-checked after this. Yeah. Uh, like put little corrections in. Asterisk. I was actually 15. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Actually, I was 15. I can't believe I fucking lied to you about it. Um... <laughs> I definitely heard the word before, and then I think both writing it down and then reading it back, um, probably the first time was when I actually was like, mm, I I think I know what this word means, but like, just reading the, I bet you don't even know what that word means. Uh-huh. I was like, I want to know what it means. Uh-huh. I, don't wanna, I don't ever want someone to say that to me and me have to think like, oh, well, yeah, I don't know what it means. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah. So that was the first time that I like really looked into what um you know like narcissistic behavior looks like in a general sense mm-hmm. and kind of like what behaviors can kind of fall into that as a as a genre of things that people can do. Uh-huh. Yeah. I definitely do not remember the first I like would like to think that I remember the first time that I heard the word narcissist or was aware of narcissism as, like, a concept. It's, like, a funny, like, journey I've had with narcissism, right? Where, like, obviously my first experience or, like, my most... The most experiences I've had, I think, with narcissism have been in my personal life where, like, I... Like, exes, I'm pretty sure, like, the first probably experience I had with narcissism narcissism was either in my family or with my exes but i don't remember my family ever using the term i remember later on being like like i was the one that was like oh is there like a flavor going on here mm-hmm. but with exes i definitely was like that's where i really found my wings and was like oh 
I know what this means now because you're doing it all the fucking time. <laughs> um, Yay. Yeah. I think that like, and then I became a therapist, right? And that takes on a completely different meaning. And I have like feelings about that where like, I haven't ran into a lot of people with narcissistic personality disorder. Like, mm-hmm. And I can't say that in my personal life I have either because I don't diagnose people in my personal life. And, like, I've definitely met people, obviously exes, and you know exactly who, um, who exhibit the behavior. But I can't say that, like, oh. And then, like, with – as a therapist, there's also – there's, like, there's a couple things happening where, like, A, there's this, like – people say there's this, like – I don't know what I want to call it. I don't even want to call it a myth. There's just, like, this conception Mm -hmm. that if somebody thinks they have narcissistic personality disorder, they don't. Like, if you think you have a personality disorder, you don't. Because Mm -hmm. somebody who is a narcissist wouldn't Wouldn't think they're a narcissist. And that, I just need to do more research into that. Because I'm like, yes, and, like, if somebody's able to, like, learn and not. Like, I do believe that, like, you know, there's, like, a youtuber that i watched that has been diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder because he did seek treatment and he does like a lot of really really helpful like youtube videos on like hey this is my symptoms this is my treatment Mm -hmm. let's all talk about how we have this and like get like help and like cope with it and so it's like this thing of like well he sought treatment not because he was like i'm good like yeah no one who thinks that they're like doing perfectly fine decides to go to therapy yeah. or talk to someone. Right. Well, and then like, and then the other side of it is like, as a therapist, like, I'm like, okay, sure. I don't run into a lot of narcissists or people with narcissistic personality disorder, largely because there is a matter of like, if you have NPD, you're probably less likely to seek treatment or less likely to be accepting of that diagnosis, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Um, But also, it became a diagnosis because somebody one day showed up and was like, I have these symptoms. And somebody else was like, I think that's... And then all of a sudden, like... Yeah. You know, so there's... I don't know. All that to say. I don't... I I think that it's been, like, an interesting journey with narcissistic behavior where for so long I've been, like, on the lookout and, like, seeing it in relationships primarily romantic relationships, family relationships. And then I, in my like career have been like also on the lookout and like, where is it? I don't see it as much. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that dichotomy is, I guess. I do think there's something to be said about how, you know, sometimes like you don't see the worst parts of people until uh, really unfortunate <laughs> times. Like, sure. you could be friends with someone for seven years before you realize that they have this habit or, like, pattern of behavior that just drives you up the wall and yeah. you can't stand it. And once you see it, you can't turn away from it. And then eventually you just stop hanging out with them yeah. because it's annoying. But in, like, a more real sense, uh, you know, I think, like, you could be friends with someone and not see that kind of behavior come out and then end up in a relationship with that same person and all of a sudden and not even necessarily all of a sudden but Mm -hmm. in that environment it like is able to it's just like it's so much clearer Mm -hmm. um i think 
I don't know, like, I don't know what it is about, maybe it's, like, something to do with the level of vulnerability that exists in romantic relationships, or, like, the inherent, like, power dynamics that exist there, um, that, like, allows for so much narcissistic behavior to come out of people who otherwise you might not see it for, you know, years or ever Mm -hmm. at all, or, like, only in an interaction they have with another person in a specific setting. Yeah. Because I also have mostly, like, the majority of the interactions I've had with people, uh, men exhibiting narcissistic behavior, and, like, people in general, but mostly men. That's the subject of the podcast anyway, so it's fine. Um. I can, you're allowed to generalize if (laughs) if it's correct. Um, But... but, (laughs) Uh, it's it's been in the context of being in relationships with these people who uh, exhibit these behaviors, and like I have plenty of of friends and and know have met a lot of people and acquaintances and all that. But um, I'd say percentage wise, like it's 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 way 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 in favor of coming from men I was in romantic relationships with. That makes... And, like, you make a good point of, like, okay, so, like, what we know about narcissism and what we know about, like, even, like, the personality disorder, like, what we know about narcissism as a... kind of in general is that, like, it comes from a sense of insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's, like, this funny thing to learn, like, oh, you're a narcissist, so you think you have this gigantic ego and you think you're better than everybody because you're actually really don't like yourself and you're terrified of every moment of your life, right? Like, that's a weird thing to realize. And I think that, like, yeah, in romantic relationships, it just does come out more that, like, insecurities are kind of, like, at some point mm-hmm. thrown in front of your face. Like, Yeah, when you get to know someone on that intimate of a level, Mm. it, like, is inevitably going to open up a lot more doors than with a casual acquaintance or even, like, a close friend. Yeah. Uh, And and that is, it's, you're just opening the floodgates for um, facing your insecurities and with someone who exhibits that narcissistic flavor, uh, (laughs) that's, like, that's, like, the, the, the... their worst that's worst possible scenario yeah because i think it also has to do with like the insecurities and also the behaviors have so much to do with control right like Mm -hmm. and you can control most other situations to some degree like maybe not intentionally or consciously but like when you're like just a friendship relationship Mm -hmm. you can control the space that you're in how much of your insecurity actually gets out there you can control like oh like just like silly things of like oh yeah i'm not I have this insecurity around cooking in front of people. Sure. I'm not going to cook in front of my friend River. Done. Yeah. When you're collaborating with another human being in, like, that intimate of a space, all of it's going to come out at some point. Like, Yeah, you don't really have the option to hide as many of those things away. Like, maybe early on, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But the longer the relationship goes, inevitably, there's certain doors you can't keep closed anymore. Exactly. And I think that, like, that is... Maybe, and again, like, don't quote me on this, but, like, maybe that is why, like, it's less diagnosed than other diagnoses is because like, you can control a therapy room. You can, like, it's only an hour a week. Some, in some cases, sometimes it's an hour a month, right? Mm-hmm. You can go into that room and decide how much of you comes out and decide not 
to share or not to show or not to whatever. Um, and then like, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about that, obviously about like the insecurity piece and like how much suffering there is for like so many parties involved. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think too, like, um, just going off of the fact that like, it's not easily diagnosed and like it, it gets missed a lot in, in, in that context. Um, or like, just like the, like, you know, generally like seeing narcissistic behaviors in other people, a lot of the men that I've engaged with, uh, I don't, I keep like using the same phrasing over and over again. A lot of the men that I've seen, <laughs> that I've, <laughs> I was going to say something else, but it was worse. Um, a lot of the, the men that I've seen that fall into this category are, were, seemed, came across as very charismatic. Uh-huh. Uh, in like group settings. Uh-huh. Or at the very least, like, you know, when I first met them or when we were friends before we dated oh, yeah. or like first date you know right off the bat it's like oh my god you're so like you're a pretty amicable dude and you know they they, if they're in a room and they're engaging with multiple people most folks' impression of them after that engagement is gonna be like man love them amicable fun fun little you know nothing like yes life of the party or anything but like sometimes life of the party uh but they're definitely really good at creating this like just super easygoing likable facade and you see that and it draws you in and then before you know it you it's too late and uh-huh. then you realize that it's it stems from something a lot less wholesome than just being a cool chill guy uh-huh well and like i think that is like a something to like discuss right where like it's the frog and oh fuck I'm not going to say it correctly. I was so confident. <laughs> it's the frog and fuck. <laughs> it's the frog and like the pot of boiling water, right? Where like you're in it and you're like, oh, he's amicable. Oh, so charismatic. Yeah. And then like a little thing happens and you're like, hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, none of that was what I thought it was, but here we are. Yeah. And it's just like very confusing. Like it's such a like... I don't know. I think about a couple of things there where, like, it's such a gigantic mindfuck to be in any type of relationship with somebody with these traits because you, there's a part of you that's like, oh, yeah, I remember when he was this. I remember, like, that time we were in the group setting and we, we did start dating and it was so, from that version of my, of me's perspective, it was, like, so beautiful and so charming and yada 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 and now I'm here with this person who is very clearly the same person but I don't recognize because I've started to see like the true behavior I guess yeah like they're doing the same shit but Mm -hmm. it's not like you can it's like the rose colored glasses have been have been flipped up and all you're seeing through now is your prescription glasses and Uh it's not it's yeah it is just like out of nowhere unsettling because usually you don't know until you're like really deep in it either like it's not something Uh you come across in like the first week i mean sometimes it is maybe like a single behavior or two but if someone is like 
like real narcissistic like on a level that is that leads them to like manipulation and or emotional abuse or you know whatever else it is um it's not that's not going to jump out. Like, there's the only way that people can live like that is if they get really good at burying it underneath layers of other mm-hmm. shit, like masking it as just being amicable and cool and normal, so that it's like a Venus flytrap, <laughs> so that you like you don't realize that you're dying until the end. And and I'm basically just a frog in a boiling pot of watering it. But <laughs> well, and like I think that like it becomes so again like so confusing and so difficult to be in that as like in a relationship with that type of person for so many reasons right Mm -hmm. um and largely because like when they are charismatic at first and they have like the control of the room like that there's obviously like this we can't even like deny that there's a bit of okay i'm gonna leave him and then everybody who's ever met him is gonna say why he's so funny Mm -hmm. he was remember that time at the party though like and not in those words right i don't think like you guys seem so like good though Uh like he get isn't he like kind of like a good guy right you're overreacting mm -hmm. and then like that a is a mind fucking itself because then you're like before leaving you're like was it true like he was really charismatic at that Mm -hmm. party Shit, maybe like, I'm just making up my experience. Maybe I'm like, maybe I'm traumatized and I'm like head on a swiveling it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like some amount of like, because it's such a confusing place to be. And like, I think a main tenet, so to speak, of narcissistic behavior is the push pull. It is the like, I love you so much. Like it's the back, it's the sandwich, right? Like mm-hmm. oh, I hated when people would say that, like, oh, you want a girl like her? Like you, give her a sandwich. What do you mean a sandwich? Say she's ugly, buy her a beer, say she's ugly. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, I think like, oh, my coworker told me a story of his uncle saying that. And I was like, that's hilarious. And also like such a like, I was like, fuck, I think my ex did almost that exact thing. Like obviously yeah. he didn't buy me a beer because I didn't drink. But like, I can no. think of like this, like one time, okay, I'm going to say this and like, Lo and behold, um, lo and behold, I don't know if that's whatever he may, or I highly doubt he's ever going to find this. And that's why I feel safe here. If he fucking finds it, I want him to hear this shit. Uh, (laughs) Um, I, there was like legit a time where he like, he said some, like, it's like the backhanded compliment of like, I think he said like, oh, my ex was super hot. You're pretty hot too. My ex was really hot, though. And there's something about that that, like, my mind was like, why would you say that? And then a part of me was like, but you said I'm super hot. So. (laughs) Dude. That's so. It's something I love about when we get into these long-winded conversations. Podcast or not, okay? Mm -hmm. Is that. that, For real. uh, Like, there is almost always at least one little tidbit that you'll bring up and I'll think, oh my God, <laughs> just like me <laughs> for real. Cause, uh, let's call him, I, it's, I like having names, but I don't, I also don't really think this person will find this ever, but like, is it who I'm thinking of or, 
Okay. Because the first one, I have like a funny... I always want to call him Douglas for some reason. He doesn't look like a Douglas. (laughs) He looks like a slimy little Douglas. I think that... I would love for that to be his name for the purposes of the rest of this. Okay, bet. Yeah. Um, So, but the other one I haven't really thought through, like, the... The moniker. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but that's the one we're talking about, the one that I don't have a moniker for. Yeah. Um, let's say... I'm thinking too much about it now. Mm-hmm. We'll just say Matthew. For now. For let's, now. Let's workshop. Okay, yeah. I guess I was just thinking, like, okay, okay. I don't. Know, I know I what we're wanna, thinking. I don't even want to move past this until I have a funnier one. Um, but... <laughs> Okay, so Matthew. Matthew. Um, would, like, I, I remember, you know, no, not like word for word conversations or anything, because I, I don't have that good of a memory. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I remember, like, multiple specific instances, though, where he would bring up uh, his most recent ex, I think, or maybe, like, second most recent. It's irrelevant. A recent ex. Um and talk about how she, you know, was really good with the sex thing. <laughs> or, like, just, like, hot in general and very small. And then would say something to the extent of, you know, uh, well, and you're, you're also, like, hot and desirable to me. But, like, look at this literal painting Oh no! This massive oil painting of this person's genitals, and and know that I made this um, partially because I think that she's a c word, but also because I think so often of our coupling because it was, um, you know, just her so body powerful. was just so tiny and banging and small, and I do really just feel artistically driven by that. So just keep that in mind. Okay, so there's, like, a couple things here. <laughs> Which is the most fun part. It's never just the one thing. It's never the, just the one Matthew. thing. Um, first of all, Matthew. Um, fuck you. Um, but the <laughs> biggest... Okay, there's so many things here. I, like... Okay. <clears throat> so, like, this, like, excuse of, like, oh, it's artistically driven feels so, like, shitty. Because it's, like, that... That same thing of, like, oh, I said something mean to you that hurt your feelings. Well, I said it for this reason. So, actually, you And it has to upset. do with, like, my muse or some bullshit. Yeah. No. Like, You no. said a thing that sucked, and now I'm feeling things about it. You can't uh, retcon that. Uh-huh. It's just the way that it is. It feels so, like, I can't think of, like, another example of it, but it's just, like, that, that thing of, like, well, it's not a mean thing for me to say, because it didn't include, like, the, like quintessential meanness like sure you didn't yell that you miss your ex sure you didn't like whatever you didn't say i miss my ex yeah but like the messaging there matthew like you know full you're not fucking stupid yeah the messaging is like i miss my ex, or like sometimes i think about my ex i'm like oh only in an artistic sense i don't care and like i would probably be more attracted to you if you were um, like emaciated, uh-huh. which that's, is like that's the other piece, like, a synonym to a word that he used very often. Ew. Yeah. Um, well, and like that's like there's my second thing of like this like oh so small so small so small. Part one, are Matthew? Are you not well aware that like most 
female-bodied people have body image things. Uh-huh. And why? And that feels like, well, I want you to, that all of that together feels like, I want you to work out so you'll be healthy. Yeah. Which, it's like, in your best interest. She's my muse. It's an artistic, fuck you. I just care about you. And then it's like, don't you care about getting my dick wet, though? Because I'm giving you the recipe. Uh Uh-uh. And, like, also, (laughs) Matthew, like, here's the other thing. I feel like if my partner would just say to me, like, pretty point blank. First of all, what we know about this is, like, this is all a fucking ruse. This is, like, a tactic of saying, like, of trying to get you to be what he wants you to be. This is a tactic, tactic of trying to get you to feel bad and feel like the thing is, is, like, And it works to a point. And that's Mm -hmm. why we stay in these relationships. Like, the way that... And don't, like, let me speak for you. But, like, for me, when that kind of stuff happened, there was, like, this inner turmoil of, like, God, I hate that he said that. And also, now it feels like I have to stay in this relationship so I can beat that. Like, so I can win. So I can become... Absolutely. The next painting. Yeah. So I can... Like, so... And that's, like, the... Maybe not, again, intentional or conscious, but that's the, like... That's the point of saying, well, my ex was my muse and I'm artistically driven. Shut up. Dude. And the fucking like you saying, like mentioning wanting to be the next painting is just so crazy because like that really was a not entirely conscious, but definitely at least a little conscious motivation that I had was like, well, I want to have so much of an impact on you that you, oh, like, yeah. make a massive oil painting of me. And, spoiler alert, he did. I, well, we can, you know... Let's dive into that one. Like, <laughs> well, and, like, that's the thing, is, like... Okay. Um, so let me, like, rewind here. Yeah, so yeah. that's, like, the... First of all, that's Matthew's point, is to make you feel like you need to stay here so you can become the next painting. Sure. Maybe again. And there's also other points. Like I think there's a lot of intention behind a statement like that, and that's one of them. Yeah. If you did have good intention in sharing that you painted your ex and you really enjoyed her body and yada yada yada, mm-hmm. I would rather if you're if you absolutely have to share that with me, just <laughs> fucking say that. Yeah. Just don't like, mention like don't include me in yeah, in it exactly. at all. Like just say like you know what I really loved my ex's body and and I would be like fuck that's that hurts. But as, if you leave the part about, like, and you're you're not so bad yourself, I, I'm like, okay, like, thanks for the oh, the brutal honesty, buddy. Yeah. And then I think that then I could probably be like, am I pretty? Um, which, <laughs> let's, like, clarify. Don't, like, probably just don't, in general, tell your partner that you miss your ex. But maybe, like, if you miss your ex, consider, like, healing from that before you get into, like, whatever. But the point is... <laughs> I think that saying to a partner, my ex was so hot, you're kind of hot too, but my ex was really hot, I'm driven by her artistically, is narcissistic, the narcissistic behavior. I think that saying, my ex was so hot and I miss her, and not bringing you into it is just yeah. shitty behavior. It's not, yeah, that's just a, that's a, just not a, a faux pas. Yeah, for sure. Also, hear me out. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm so prepared for this one. <laughs> I love when you do this. Okay, here I'm ready. I'm here. I love I love give I love throwing a hear me out and really making you wait for it. Uh Narciss Sandwich. Not worth hearing me out. I'm not I'm not gonna try to say that it was. But I was I was thinking about that the entire time you were saying that last little bit. 
Thank you. Thank you. Because I was just going to say, the sandwich. But then I thought, Narsa sandwich. <laughs> sandwich system. We could, we were just talking about the epistem, epistem, epistemology of narcissism. This is, we can now, we can evolve, right? Yeah. Like language. <laughs> linguistically, like Narsa sandwich. Mm-hmm. I could use Goes this. back to narcissist. Oh, that's a narcissist. That's actually a narcissist. Could you imagine? The clinical term for that is a narcissist. <laughs> Dude, I'm so sorry to hear that this your partner's talking to you like this. When people exhibit these narcissist sandwiches, if you will. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I. It makes dude, you sound like a big boy. Imagine, like, next time I'm in a... In a, in a thing with a not a narcissistic partner because we are praying to all things that that's like the end of my story there but well, I'll, I'll interact with the narcissist again right like sure. imagine this I'm fighting with a narcissist and I say oh, that's a narcissist sandwich <laughs> take that narcissist sandwich put it in a to go container and, and walk right out of this restaurant because I'm not having it can you imagine? Chef? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Next time I hang out with you and I say, you want to hear the updates on my life? And the update is, I told somebody to take that narcissist sandwich. <laughs> and I'm like, get this, get what I said. It's like one of my like little, you know, you, we all know that I'm like, and then I said this. Yeah. And the next time I have one of those, and then I said this riff, it's gonna be be a narcissist. A narcissist. I'm I'm praying. I'm praying on that one. Hell Second yeah. mention of um, prayer in the last like five minutes. That's pretty pretty Christian of us. I like that. Can we like also blanket statement that we're not Christian? I don't speak for yourself. <laughs> River, aren't you like in the process of worshiping the devil or something? Yeah. Well, look. Evangelicals will come into my places of work and talk to all of my coworkers except for me because <gasps> one look at like my, you know, fucking fully tattooed arms and the tattoos on my fingers and my neck tattoo, my colored hair, and they the give a little nod and they turn somewhere else. They mm-hmm. say, that one's that's too far so, gone. That's that one's too far. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that one's a lost cause. That's going to be bad for my numbers. I had somebody once. Can I tell you this? Please. And maybe I've told you this before. Mm-hmm. And this is just a little silly side note. Um, one time somebody was like, you know, when I walk down the street, people can kind of tell that I'm traumatized. And I was like, I know exactly what you're saying, my friend River. And then I was like, hold on. Is this okay? I should I should double back here. But I, but my friend River is like so clearly traumatized. Like <laughs> Like you ever look at River and you're just like, "Ooh, yeah." Yeah. Honestly, I do think that a lot of my like things, capital T things, mm-hmm. um are pretty easy to pull from like from the look? From, from like, people's first impression of me. I yeah. do think a lot of my things are not so easy to pull. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of my more niche interests that don't really oh, there's definitely like some that, with this. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's de- I, c- I know what you're talking about because there's definitely been some that I've been like, hey, what? Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like they're coming I'll out of the field. I'll they'll come, to they'll come back around at some point. Because yeah. most of them you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's <laughs> a couple that you're like... 
that's out of that's bold. All right. Yeah, who? When did that? Okay. <laughs> How did you get there? Yeah, like I used to. Um, I know a lot about American Girl dolls. That's one that's a little out of left field. I worked for an American Girl doll charity for like nine years, <laughs> nine or ten years. Okay. I know how to replace their ball joints on their arms and their legs. Um, okay. I can shampoo and condition synthetic hair. I mean, a lot of people can do that without having any sort of American Girl doll prior knowledge, but that's where mine came from. <laughs> so you know really, I'm way better at tiny, tiny wigs. For sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We'll come back to that one. Um, <laughs> Narsa sandwich. Uh, Narsa sandwich. Oh my god. What was I going to say about that? Well, okay. I was talking about Matthew. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, I was going to say, like, and that, I remember for real, you were talking about the oil painting and how there was, like, maybe, like, a conscious or unconscious or some part of you that was like, okay, I want to be the next oil painting. Mm-hmm. I remember so clearly being in this relationship and I had gotten to the point where I was telling friends, I was telling like close friends and people that I trusted, like, yo, I know this isn't good. I'm staying. Yo, I know that he is. I had said at that point, like, I know Mm -hmm. he's a narcissist and I know he's an abuser and I'm staying. And I got to a point where I knew fully well that I was staying for like a one thing where he had, I think his, um, like, his version of the oil painting was an ex from high school that got... This is so stupid because we were young. He got a... She got a promise ring. She got the ring. And I remember being, like... And it was, like, the way that I was told about the ring often. Sure. And sandwich. Narcissus sandwich, right? Where it was always, like, I gave her a ring because of this, this, this about her. Like, I gave her a ring because she's X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You're X and Y. She's X, Y, and Z. It's this fucking subliminal, manipulative behavior. And, like, when you hear it described, like, as a third party or, like, after, well, after the situation, like, fully out of it, whatever it is, you hear it and, and, and it's so easy to hear that and think, like, well, obviously, like, he's being a manipulative little Mm -hmm. stinker. But, I mean, there's a reason that both of us have multiple previous experiences with narcissistic romantic partners and it's not because we're oblivious or because we went through it once and thought this is awesome Mm -hmm. it's because they're good Uh like there's a like that's that's how they function i mean that's how abusers function in general but especially folks with narcissistic tendencies like that complete disregard for like any sort of self-awareness or Uh accountability lends itself so well to just like crafting whatever narrative they want not really thinking about the consequences as long as they're building a better world for themselves and Mm -hmm. like they're getting the better end of the deal um they'll just keep doing it ad nauseum and and really just like you know whether they were always this good at it or they got really good at it over time um they just like pick the the most niche little like back of your mind things and uh-huh. and they sprinkle them out over you over time and then one day you wake up and you're like I know this person's a piece of shit I know that they're not treating me well in pretty much any aspect I could hope for I could list five things just from the last 12 hours that they've done that have severely harmed me on a mm-hmm. personal level and 
but I still really um, I I need to I need I need to feel like, I, to, like I did win. this one thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have to I have to beat out this one part of it well, because like, I'm not going to be the loser here because they're the bad guy. Oh, sorry, I have cramp. Holy shit, my toe is fucked. Um, <laughs> that's like yes, exactly. There's like some amount of like yeah, they're the bad guy. I can't be the loser here, and that's a hard thing, right? We're like okay, first of all. I remembered it was that he took this girl to his hometown and that was his big fucking because he lived in that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so it was like this big like experience and it was like so vulnerable to him to take somebody to his hometown. And then I'm not even joking. He took me to his hometown and some part of me was like, okay, now I can leave because now I've gotten the, and I didn't immediately. Like it took some like for real time, like, and it took, like, some hefty shit happening. But there was a part of me that was, like, hey, I'm one step closer because I, I got that. Yeah. And, like, the whole, like, this piece of, like, I they're the bad guy. I can't be the loser is so, it's so hard because all of your options to get out count as losing mm-hmm. because they've made it that way. Where, like, if you get out of the relationship because you leave, then you get the, like, the pity me and everybody else saying, well, he was so charismatic and mm-hmm. well, you could have been with him and like, you could have worked it out. Well, 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 and he will push that narrative all day and night. And he yep. will sit there and say like, if you leave me, this, that, and the other will happen. And if you leave me, well, remember when I did this for you, remember like, oh, you want to leave me? Here's a bunch of nice things, like whatever. Yeah. Then you're the loser. Not you're right. But if you, if he leaves you, you're very much the loser, right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, like, we just know how that narrative gets pushed. Like, oh, yeah. I'm better than you. I literally won this relationship. Like, he pushes the, like, see you later, bye. Mm-hmm. I left you. You lost. Yeah, which is so evil. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. And there's just, like, not a way out of it. Like, mm-hmm. you have, like, you can identify all day and night. Like, this isn't right for me. I shouldn't be here. He's this, he's that, he's this, mm-hmm. but I need to be here because he's the bad guy. Yeah. And I, there's also some amount of like, can I fix him? Yeah. There's also some amount of like, he gives you breadcrumbs of love. And because it's breadcrumbs and not breadcrumbs. actual love, you're just like, Fuck you're constantly yeah. fighting for like the next breadcrumb. Uh-huh. And it's surreal because I think like too, there's something to be said about how like, those breadcrumbs are usually, you know, at least for me, uh, some of the most, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, mind-blowing things a partner had done for me at that point. Yes. Where, you know, like, Matthew especially is a great example. Like, he would do these really like grandiose. big, grand gestures and then, you know, 7,000 horrible things. Mm-hmm. But it was... You know, for all of the evil things around every single corner, I was always thinking about how maybe around this corner, though, we've got another little crumb coming up. And my self-esteem was so, 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 like, abysmally low at the time Mm -hmm. that the fact that anyone would want to do anything nice for me ever or celebrate me in any way or fawn over me, even if it came at the cost, uh, 
will really just like such a, a high cost in general. Yeah. Um, it felt like, well, you know, Take I mean, maybe he's right. And this is the best that I can get. Yes. And that's like, yes, it's these breadcrumbs, but these giant, like they're loaves of bread. And there's like, mm-hmm. it's this thing of like, I remember it's the same thing of like being in this relationship and being like, wow, when he gives me these gigantic, grandiose love fucking like he would just like i mean i'm a words of affirmation girl and i would Mm -hmm. like it felt like he knew that i was getting to a point of like dude you've done this many shitty things i'm almost there yeah and then he'd do something so like hugely right in the vein of like this is what jenna needs that i was like okay and then i remember like thinking to myself like i know i gotta leave him i know i want to leave him but I'm going to get one more love. I'm going to get one more breadcrumb. I'm mm-hmm. going to get one more gesture because I know he's not out of them. And I remember also thinking, like, I know he has more to give because he – I believed wholeheartedly that he – and I still to some degree believe wholeheartedly that he is a loving person and has love to give and mm-hmm. had love to give. And I was like – but in this in this period of time, he's only given me 40% of it. Yeah. So I'm going to wait. Until I get up. Because I could probably get at least, like, 80, sure. 90%. And it keeps getting better. Like, mm-hmm. where the first breadcrumb was, like, just him calling me pretty. And then he called me ugly 7,000 times. Mm-hmm. And then the next breadcrumb was him calling me beautiful. And that felt so crazy good. So oh crazy good. God. Like, so crazy good. Like, yeah. And then he said that he's going to leave me for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Another seven times. And then he said, I'm drop-dead gorgeous. And that felt... So it just, like, continues, right? And, like... And that's the thing, too, is as the breadcrumbs escalate in terms of, like, cooler and cooler things or, like, you know, bigger and bigger gestures to try and keep you tied there, the bad behavior and the narcissistic behavior ramps up at the same uh-huh. rate. Or sometimes even, you know, higher of a rate. Exponentially, yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's an, regardless, the, the slope is just, it's, it's, you can't see my hand right now because this is a podcast, but it, uh, it's, it's vertical. It's nine ninety degrees. Yeah, it's nine ninety degree angle. Um, because why else would they do nicer things if it didn't allow them more room to do mm-hmm. shittier things? Yes. Or you know, if they do the shittier thing, there is just enough self awareness for them to think, well. It's okay, because I'll just do a nice thing that's pretty extra nice, and then uh-huh. it's like, they, I never even did a bad thing. Yes. Yeah. Like, and it's very... I mean, there's just so much to say about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where first of all... Go ahead. It's like I a way it. of of accountability without the actual accountability. Yeah, that's because, like almost exactly what I was going to say. Bro! Like, because <laughs> we were just talking earlier about how the narcissists in our life refuse to take accountability for anything. And that's, like, one of the biggest um, like things indicators. about... Yeah. One of the biggest indicators, really, of narcissistic behavior. Um, and and it's one of the most frustrating things about it because it is, like, just insult to injury when someone is in a place where they do all of these things that are harmful to other people. And as soon as they get called out on it, it's more often than not, like, turned around on the other person or explained away or with you know, these examples that we're talking about, rather than any sort of accountability, you know, even if they apologize, it's usually not a real apology or mm-hmm. it's um, kind of just a general, sorry if I hurt your feelings. Uh-huh. But like, rather than me admit fault, um, I'm gonna, 
either ignore what you're saying or actively tell you that you're lying and then do this really cool thing because that's the same thing, right? Yes. I don't need to hold myself accountable if I make you feel better than bad. Uh-huh. That's like, like almost exactly beat for beat. Like I was going to say, like, that's the, like the, again, like a tenet of these relationships where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you don't learn to apologize. You don't learn to have conflict where like, you will have conflict in a relationship and you will be called out on shit in a relationship. And like, I don't know like where we learn it. I think we all learn it and we all internalize that. Like for some reason, like if they bake you a cake, that's an apology. If they take you to the zoo and like, maybe that's like from our parents or something. Cause I know. Transactional. Yeah. Like transactional. (laughs) Exactly. Where it's like, Oh, okay. Well you never, like, acknowledge what you did wrong to hurt me. You never acknowledged how it might be hurtful. You never made a plan to fix it mm-hmm. or do better. But you gave me a giant breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you never, ever, like, the relationship never learns to have real growth. Yeah, ever. Because the conflict is just mown over. And if retroactively you, you know, that, because of course, if it's, if you're not having any sort of, uh, reflection on their end, you're not getting any closure on your end. So more likely than not, especially when those things get bigger and bigger and bigger, they're still sitting on your heart. They're still weighing on you. And when you retroactively try and bring it up, even, mm-hmm. you know, oh my God. as like a casual conversation, not even an argument. Well, we went over that. Well, I, we already addressed that. Remember? I mean, I, I took you to the zoo, so I don't understand why you're freaking out. I thought we were done with that. Um, remember? Which, remember when we didn't talk about it at all? Because mm-hmm. I don't remember talking about it, mm-hmm. mother effer. I just remember you taking me to the zoo. Mm-hmm. Which is honestly a bad example, because most of the partners I've had that have taken me to the zoo have been really have been good. Really great. Yeah, most the of the fuckers don't recognize the zoo. that the zoo is a good place to go. That's true. Yeah. Maybe that's like... The hey. real indicator. If your partner's taking you to the zoo, they couldn't be a narcissist. <laughs> You're good. You're, You're covered. If they're exhibiting a bunch of other bad behavior, like, sucks, but they're fine. But they're not a narcissist, <laughs> that's for sure. If they don't take you to the zoo, sorry. Like, that. <laughs> all right, podcast over. We've determined how to choose partners. That's the real thing. The zoo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jenna. <laughs> it's <laughs> we're closing up shop episode one episode last first recorded um, last ever recorded speaking of i have a sneaking suspicion that i'm gonna make this a little two-parter which i think is probably a good idea anyway because it's like good you know? yeah um we're we're um we're laying traps we're set it we're putting out a bunch of incense and then people run up and they say what's that smell and then then (laughs) there's like still like a door behind all of the trays of incense that they have to go into yeah Yeah. i hear you i hear you um like a two-part haunted house you think it's done and then there's a corn maze in the yard (laughs) (laughs) now you have to go through the corn maze uh yeah true i mean accurate who has it (laughs) situation like that um okay let me think i was gonna the breadcrumbs it's so funny that we've used so many um bread related specifically (laughs) like i was gonna say food related but they've all had to do it's all been bread bread. it's just a it's just a yeasty kind of day let's uh (laughs) let's uh let's workshop that one table that yeah 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 for sure Uh, so this, like, okay, I have a couple of things. I have to, like, 
think through the things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Narcissus sandwich, breadcrumbs, fake apologies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I, I don't remember. There was something. We, did, we, were, we really, I, I think... We got off on a tangent for a second. I can't remember the last. I mean, whatever. It's, the point is... A tangent on a podcast? Never heard of it. <laughs> That's not what it's for. That's we are supposed for. to stay on topic. Stay um, focused, or I'll turn it off. I'll turn off this podcast. I'm tired of the, this. Um, the topic being... Yes. Narcissistic behavior in men. Oh, um, yeah. Here's some things I want to talk about. So I am going to, like, probably... Uh, right now, I'm going to put a little silly little pause and then I'm just going to start the whole thing over and we're just going to pick up here. Great. Because I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about other indicators of mm-hmm. like narcissistic behavior. I want to talk about like this like social I don't want I don't know what it is, like a phenomena, a stigma of narcissism being like where I think that part 1 is like there's this problematic conception of like all abusers are narcissists and all nar- all narcissists are abusers. Yeah. And that becomes really difficult to weed out the actual of both, right? Yeah. Um, and also, like, how do we, is it, how do we decide that just because someone hurts our feelings or just because someone is an abuser or just because someone's shitty, that doesn't mean they're a narcissist, right? Like, those yeah. kind of things, like... I guess, like, the specifics of narcissism versus just, like, bad behavior. Mm -hmm. I also want to talk through, like, okay, so where is the hope in this? Both for, like, victims of narcissistic abuse and also for victims of, like, people who have... Who, like, struggle with narcissistic tendencies. Yeah, sure. Getting out from under it. Um, And I also, like, made other... Like, I just want to talk about that and, like, impacts on relationships and things like that. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be in the next probably five minutes. Um, yeah, for us. For us. For y'all, buckle up. Yeah. You just walked out the back door of this house, and there's a corn maze right in front of you, but you have to wait a week to walk through. That's true. The corn maze is coming. The cor- And, like, the corn maze is dependent on, like, so many things. Yeah. This corn maze is, like, um... This, this corn maze is, I can, like, see it in my mind's eye. It's, yeah. like, floating away from us, right? Like, yeah. Because it's dependent on, like, me actually doing any of this. And also, <laughs> like, my claps and Alex, I trust Alex wholeheartedly. Oh, me And too. also, shout I'm about to be, like, to oh, yeah, shout out to, maybe that's, like, is that something that people do? Like, hey, Alex is our sound engineer. Yeah, I mean, I've, like, listened to a couple podcasts where they mention, or sometimes they'll have, like, whole conversations, but that's, like, when the guy's in the booth. Alex is not in the booth. There is the, he's not in the proverbial booth. He's in a booth. Yeah, but not this one. Probably being his home. Yeah. Let's table that one, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm gonna say a little nighty night to this conversation for the time being and put a little to be continued dot 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 on the end of it um and pick up at narcissistic behavior in men part two part two thank you thank you see ya (laughs) in the corn maze corn maze yeah